remember uh, Y2K? I mean, that's 15 years ago, so some of you young people over here are going to be like, what's he talking about? Somebody be honest with me, and now t- tell me, did, did, you, did, you, did you get a little ready for it? No? Nobody got any water? Yep. Maybe a couple extra cans of anything? Nobody? No? Really? Pastor Grimes said he got a little stuff ready. I got some stuff ready, didn't we, honey? Man, we, <laughs> we got a few things. Right. Now, we're not doomsdayers by no stretch of the imagination, but you know what? There's nothing wrong with being prepared. Oh, I, two people got that, and two people agree with me. Thank you, sister. It'll be me and you having church today. The rest of them just sit around and watch. I said there's nothing wrong with being prepared. Did anybody get any notes this morning? Twelve of you? All right. I've titled this today, Ready and Prepared. Uh, the Lord gave me this back in November. And it's kind of amazing how he works things out. Uh, by the time we get done, you'll understand why. Because you know what? God is just amazing. If I were to... Let me see who I can pick on today. You know, I don't even know your name. I forget your name, but I know I got introduced once before. But what's your name again? Susie. Everybody say, we're picking on Susie right now. <laughs> Susie, I, I need, you know, my wife's in the back corner over there. I need my, my, my son sitting next to her. Um, I need Mike and Kayla to stand up. I need Pastor Grimes to stand up. I need, is, is Miss Angel in here? Miss Angel, I need, I, need, I, need staff, I need all the staff to stand up. If you're a teacher, if you're, if you're on staff, you're on a board, I need all you people to stand up. Come on, that's it. Stand up. All right, keep going. If you're on a music team, come on, stand up. Anybody that's in ministry, I want you to stand up. Now, Susie, just so you know, as soon as church is over, at 12.45, 1 o'clock, we're all coming to your house for, for dinner. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Now, if I was to say that to you, how, how many of you know that your mind would be racing like, is he crazy? <laughs> this is what would happen at my house. My wife would say, oh, I'm slipping out. I'm going, I'm going to get things ready. Have you ever done that before? <laughs> I hope it's not the colonel. I'm out, on, I'm out on Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's Lee's famous recipe. That's the only way to go. So I asked you the question today, is your house, are you ready for a bunch of visitors? Are you ready to supply a supper or whatever it may be for a group of people that are in the mix? leadership and, and those and such. Turn your Bibles with me, if you will, to the book of Luke chapter 22. I was reading this, and the Lord just made it jump off the page at me, and I couldn't believe it because I'd never, ever seen it before. And Jesus told them, as you go into the city, you'll meet a man carrying a jar of water. Follow him to the, into the house and say to the owner, our teacher wants to know where he can eat the Passover meal with his disciples. The owner will take you upstairs and show you a large room ready for you to use, prepare the meal there. Now, in the King James Version, it uses a little bit different word there. It says the upper room and and having it furnished. The NIV says it's all furnished. And then I love in, in, in the contemporary English version, again, in the book of Mark, chapter 14, it says that the owner will take you upstairs and show you a large room furnished and ready for you to use. How many of your homes right now 
are furnished and ready for all this group of leadership to come over your house by 1 o'clock? Probably not, probably not any of us. I mean, maybe, maybe Susie's the only one. But I asked, I confirmed with her earlier, she is a Jesus freak, so we love you, Susie. Who is this owner guy? God said, hey, look at that owner. You know, because you look at the book of, 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 of Luke chapter 22, that's not what you're focusing on. What are you focusing on there? You're getting to realize that, hey, that's where, you know, somebody's getting ready to betray Jesus. That's the big storyline. And then it gets even bigger when it talks about the Last Supper. You know, all of our focus has always been on that. You know, go and prepare that. And, and, and it talks about what happens at that Last Supper. We call it the communion, one of the sacraments. So I, I, I was reading, and God said, hey, what about this owner guy? Do you ever think about him? And I thought, well, no, I haven't, Lord. Well, you need to be like the owner. And I'm like, well, what this owner guy do? Who is he? Well, I'll tell you what. This owner is a neat guy because he willingly, without question, and at the spur of a moment, he gave. He made available to his home, his home, to people that he didn't even know. Now, it's one thing for Susie to say, okay, I'm going to have you guys all over. Because she knows most of us, and she sees us every Sunday at church. But what if it's a group of people that you don't even know? Do you let strangers in your house? You can. You might minister to some people. But what's interesting about this guy is that he allowed people to come in. He made available what he had to the Lord and to these people. And he had no idea what was getting ready to happen. What do you have in your hands today that God wants to use? What does he have in store for you? You have no idea what God wants to do with what you have in your hands. You have no idea. I, 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 it gets deep, church. You know, uh, back in uh, December, yeah, it was December, that's when you have Christmas parties, right? My wife and I, we decided, well, it was actually November, we decided, because all the guys at the firehouse said, hey, we want to have the, the Christmas party at your house. I'm like, what? That's what I was like, what? That's a lot of work. So one of the guys says, hey, why don't you go home and ask, ask your wife and see if we can do that there, because they know I don't make the call on that. <laughs> you know that too. So I go home and I talk to my wife, say, hey, honey, let's have, she said, they want to know if we can have the Christmas party at our house. And she said, yes. I was like, Really? Because I knew what that meant for me. You know what that meant for me, don't you? What I thought was clean wasn't clean. She's like, nope, that, that, that. I mean, it was a, I mean, unbelievable amount of work. And if anybody's ever been to my house or one of my wife's shindigs, you know that my wife, she knows how to put on a shindig. She does. I mean, she don't just put out a, a, a tray of, of uh, you know, lettuce and, 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 you know, some kind of vegetable tray and, and cheese and crackers, man, she puts out a spread. Meatballs, wings, shrimp. She goes all out. So needless to say, man, I was exhausted getting ready for that party. I'm sure she was too. But it took a lot of effort. It took a lot of time. To get ready. And you know what? Well, the guys came and we had a great party. And, and, you know, every one of them thought, man, that was awesome. And they said, oh, that was great. You know, and we really appreciate you opening up your home to us so we can all come in and trash it. <laughs> and eat all the food. 
<laughs> it took a lot of work. You see, what God revealed to me about this, this owner guy was that, you know, he was going to be a part of history, and he didn't even know it. His home was going to be a part of history. How many of you know that, that you know, me and my wife, we bought a historic home one time and didn't even know it. And uh, it was great, but we couldn't do anything with it. Anybody ever watch Pawn Stars? Man, I love that show. You know, it's, it's one thing if you have a real nice old Fender guitar. It might be worth 200 bucks, but if it, but if it was Jimi Hendrix's guitar, well, now that changes the story of the value, doesn't it? Huh? Well, this guy just had a house. But now this house held the Last Supper. Whoa. It's, it's a big difference, isn't it? This guy, this owner, he had no idea what was getting ready to happen. Historic things can happen at your place if you're ready. That's how it's supposed to be. The question I asked and God asked me was, you know, do I have something ready to be used by the master? Am I ready to be used by the master? What does it take? What does it take to be ready and prepared and in that position? You see, because the very fact of the matter is, is that everybody but Susie here today and maybe, maybe uh, Rhonda, I've seen, I seen Loyal giving her some props, Everybody else, we don't have our house ready for a big party, do we? It's just how it is. Majority of us, we're not that, we're not ready. But we want to be, right? You want to be ready. You want to be willing to give because that's what your heart says, right? Your heart says, I, I want to do that. So what does it take to be ready and prepared in this position? It all comes down to this. Oh, man, and I tell you what. Props to Jen, Jen for losing 15 pounds. That takes discipline. Something I need to catch a hold of. I hope it's contagious. Or she actually can rub off on me. What does it take to be ready? It comes down to being the amount of discipline that we exercised in our attempt at stewardship and following his will. So I got to thinking, what does it mean to be ready? How many of you think you're ready? I looked up some things in Webster's Dictionary because sometimes I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But I want to know what it means to be ready. And ready means this, prepared to do something. Prepared to do something. That means that, that you're ready to do something. You're ready to go. It also says properly prepared or finished and available for use. Now, this one I really like, finished and available for use. How many of you have any, about 26 projects at home that you're working on that are not done? <laughs> I got a whole bunch of them. They need to be finished and available for use. Being ready means you're almost about to do something. But what about, what about being prepared? I want to be prepared as well. You know, for Y2K, we were ready. There was a lot, I know a lot of people that really, really went overboard, that really went into a lot of things as far as buying uh, vehicles that didn't have computers in them, buying an old vehicle that had the old points and plugs system and with no computer in them because they weren't going to be stranded. Little do they know that the, the gas pumps operate on computers. So I hope, I hope they had a big tank to store plenty of fuel for that car. You know, it is what it is. I want to be ready and I want to be prepared. I want to be a good steward. What is stewardship? I looked this up too and it says this, the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Man. Now, I like to study the Bible, and I like, to, I like to hear what God has to say to me. And this is what God said. Hey, 
What am I putting in your hands? What do you have at your disposal that will require my effort and my availability and my willingness to accomplish His will? What do you have today? You see, some people think, well, I don't have that much. Well, you got a lot more than you realize you do. What about your home? Say, my home. Yeah, my home. My resources, my money, my time. Anybody have any time? See, the thing is, is that we, get, we get have a perspective problem sometimes as it relates to these things here. And I want us to, to look at Romans 11 because we've got to take that word my out of there. We've got to subtract that and realize that everything belongs to God. If, you, if you've been a believer for any amount of time, you know that we, 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 we sang that song in children's church and, and you might, you know, the, the scripture in the Old Testament that says that, that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he owns the hills that the cattle are on. So we have this, 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 this doctrine and we believe that God owns everything. Romans eleven thirty six 36 says that everything comes from the Lord. All things were made because of him and they will return to him. Praise the Lord forever. Amen. So the thing is, is if, if, I, if I have the right perspective and if I can grab a hold of this doctrine, then my stewardship... It does come into question. Amen? You might look in the mirror sometimes and say, am I being a good steward? Am I ready and am I prepared? Do I have my ducks in a row? You don't understand, Pastor Hank. Life's hard. Life's just, I mean, I've had people say, you, life's just, you don't have it as hard as I do. Well, how do you know that? There's not one person here today that's not dealing with some kind of challenge. There's not one person here today that's not dealing with some kind of issue that they want to overcome. That's the cold, hard facts and truth about it. I know life's hard. I know, I know you're busy. You might say, but I'm in debt. I can't do that. I don't have time. Wow. Ever heard that saying that when the, when the, when the, tough, when the going gets tough, the tough get going? How many of you want to be proactive about it and, and, and overcome and operate on faith and not in your fear? Amen? Am I a steward? Aren't you a steward? I was reminded of the, the, the parable of the talents in the, in the book of Matthew, chapter 25. And it says in verse 15 that to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. What does that say to you? You know what? God gives different things to different people. God says that we have different abilities. But that doesn't mean he loves us differently. He loves us all the same. But at the same time, to those he gives five talents, he expects you to deal with, do with it five talents worth. And to those he gives two talents, he's expecting you to deal with that two talents in a, in a good way as a good steward. What is a talent, by the way? I mean, it's like, how many, anybody know what a talent is? It's money, isn't it? Do you know how much money it is? I did some research on that, too. I, I like to, to learn what, what things are worth. Do you realize that one talent was worth... 20 years of wages for a laborer. So he gave a guy five talents. Man, that's 100 years worth of wages. And he trusted that guy. He trusted that guy to do something with those talents. Man, I can't... You know what? If I was to throw, throw somebody the keys to my, my car or my house, and just toss them to, to, to Brother Joe here, give him the keys to everything I own, what would that be saying? It'd be saying I trust him, wouldn't it? I trust you, Joe. Here's the keys to my house, my cars, everything, you know. You know, just, just do, do what you got to do. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. That's a lot of trust, isn't it? Do you realize that God has trusted so much to you? 
So much is in your hands and at your fingertips. And sometimes we forget and we don't even realize it. It's not, it's not just in the possessions and things that we own. It's not just in the home and the car, whatever you have in your bank account or whatever toy you might have. It's in your influence as well. It's in your relationship. How are you using that influence and that relationship? What are you doing with it? Are you being a good steward with that? I believe that with all my heart that God wants us to be ready because there's going to be a day that we will give an account for all the things that we've done, all the things that we've not done. What has God put in Hank's hands? What has he put in your hands at your disposal? Are you ready and prepared to give? <gasps> Wait a minute. It gets personal, church. It gets personal. You know, as a great pastor, I love, I, me and my wife, we love watching uh, some of the, we went to the Hillsong Conference this past year, and, and, and we were talking, uh, she was telling me about a thing that Brian Houston, who's the pastor over all the Hillsong uh, churches, and this is what Brian Houston said. He said, if you're faithful with what God has put in your hand, he will fulfill what you have in your heart. What does that mean? That means, you know what, you might, you might want to give. You might want to give, but you're not quite able to give just yet. Whatever it may be, money, time, I don't know. But if you're faithful with what he has put in your hands, he will bring that to pass. The book of Luke teaches us that. If we're faithful in a few things, he'll make us ruler over great things. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So are you ready and prepared to give? There is a difference in giving from the head and giving from the heart. There's a difference. Your heart tells you to write a check this morning to church for tithe and offering that says, and it reflects your, your 10%. But your head's saying, hey, man, uh, if we do that, we might not be able to go out to eat to Applebee's this afternoon. We might not be able to go to Wendy's a couple times this week. Maybe I better check my heart on that one. You see, there's, there's a battle between the heart and head when it comes to giving. What do you follow? There's a battle between your heart and your, your head when it comes to being ready and being prepared as well. Because being ready and prepared takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. I love what Pastor Grimes said a couple weeks ago. Maybe it's been a month or two ago now. But no one can give without loving. You can't love without giving, though. How many of you want to be a giver? You got to love. How many of you want to give? You got to be ready. You got to be prepared. You just can't up and do it. You've got to put yourself and posture yourself and be in a place. You see that owner? Somehow, some way, some shape or form. I don't know what he did. The Bible doesn't tell us what he did. It doesn't tell us whether he was a rich guy, a poor guy. It just says the owner of the house. But obviously this guy had his life in order. He had all his ducks in a row because when they showed up and said, hey, the master or the teacher wants to know where he can have the Passover meal, he said, oh, follow me. And they walked upstairs to this little small room, right? No. He didn't give them the smallest room in his house. He gave them the, greatest, he gave them the biggest room. He gave them the biggest room that he had. And more so than that, the refrigerator was stocked full of, of, of and it wasn't, it wasn't uh, the bottles of water from, from uh, Walmart. It was Aquafina. 
He went all out. All the food that he had was name brand, and it was ready. Because this guy had his ducks in a row. He was prepared. He was ready to give. Had a loving heart. Will a stubborn heart give? Can. Some begrudgingly. It's not what God wants. Anybody ever here ever, ever been stubborn? I've been stubborn a time or two. I'm not so proud of it, but I've been stubborn. I don't want to be stubborn in my giving. I know that. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, I will take away your stubborn heart. I'll give you a new heart. And as a desire to be faithful, you'll have only pure thoughts because I will put my spirit in you and make you eager to obey my laws and teachings. Romans 12, 8 says this, if we can encourage others, let's encourage them. If we can give, we should be generous. If we're leaders, we should do our best. If we're good to others, we should do it cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each of you must make up your own mind about how much to give. But don't feel sorry that you must give, and don't feel that you are forced to give, because God loves people who love to give. I've done a lot of talking about giving, haven't I? But this whole, this whole word and this whole message is not about giving. Well, what are you talking about? It's about being ready and prepared, because you can't give unless you're ready. You know, Pastor, when, when he was taking up the offering and things this morning, I sit here and I'm praying. You know, it's probably in your heart to give. It probably is. But if you didn't give, it's because you probably weren't prepared and you weren't ready. Does that make you a bad person? No. Does God still love you? Yes. Do we still love you? Yes. What does that mean? If it's in your heart to give, that means you want to. But it means you've got to get your life somehow turned around and changed around. Get your priorities right. To get ready and be prepared. Because you don't know when that group of people are going to show up at your house and say, Hey, we're going to have a party here in a few minutes and, and the master needs to use your place. And you, you, you're going to be delighted that you have it ready, prepared. And, 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 and you know what? I would almost venture to say... That this guy, I mean, knowing the kind of heart, you know, he was probably there in the background, and if they needed something, he'd run and get it. And if Peter said, hey, can we get, he jumped on it, he got it for him. Because he probably had a heart that wanted to serve and give. It's one thing to have that heart. It's another thing to be ready to do it. You see, this church needs to be ready. This body needs to be prepared. Why? Because the community looks around here, and there's times that people, they're in trouble, and they call and say, hey, we got no food. Can you help out? And the pastor takes care of the situation and says, yeah, we got a food pantry. We want to help you out. There's people who called and said, hey, we can't pay our DPNL. You know what? We can't always be paying people's DPNL, but you know what? There's times that we have, we've helped because this church wants to be ready and prepared to minister hope. And, and whatever the need might be to the people of this world. But this church can't be ready and prepared if we're not ready and prepared. Does that make sense? I believe with all my heart that, that God wants and, and realizes that, that we all have a heart that wants to give because we've experienced the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? We've experienced His love. 
And because of that, we've seen the ultimate uh, example of giving, and we want to we be like that. But sometimes we sit around and we're thinking, well, you just, Hank, you just don't know I have my job and, and I, I've got these bills. You know what? I learned the secret about debt. I should write a book, I'm telling you now. It's so good. <laughs> you know how you, 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 don't go, you don't get into debt? You stay out of debt? How do you stay out of debt? You don't go into it. Uh, hey, that's a revelation right there. Write that one down. You want to be able to be ready and prepared and be able to minister and be able to give when you want to give? Get your act together. Oh, Hank, don't talk so hard to me. I'm not talking hard to you. I'm just telling you like it is. If you don't know me by now, you'll get to. You don't want to hear me candy coated. You just want the real truth, and that's the real truth of it. It ain't about giving. It's about being prepared. It's about being ready. I got some friends here today from the firehouse. I'm not going to embarrass them at all. Well, maybe I will. I've told you a lot of stories about work. Aren't you glad that firefighters are ready and prepared? I mean, really. If you're having a heart attack, you don't want somebody that's not ready and prepared to come try and save you, do you? If your house is on fire, you don't want somebody who's not ready and prepared to come and intervene in the situation. How do we get ready and prepared? Well, you know what? Man, we've got our boots ready, jump right in. I mean, in rookie school, we learned to get all of our stuff on in less than a minute. And you had to, you had to do it or, you know, they'd, you know, they'd berate you and put a hurting on you. <laughs> when do you guys get gas in your car? When it's empty? Oh, man. That's a bad program right there. E's not enough. When do you guys get gas in your car? Before? Where is before at, though? Half? Some of you guys start refuel at a half tank. Really? How many of you? Come on. You know what? I'm put, how many of you really refuel at a half tank? Oh, really? I got like five people. You know what? I like that. How many of you wait till it's down to a quarter? Okay. All right. Now we're getting in the... You know what? We have to refuel the, the, the fire trucks when they're down to three quarters. Three-quarter. Well, you know what? We show up at your house on fire, and we're going to be there for about six hours. You don't want me running out of fuel in the ladder truck, do you? <laughs> you see, you want us to be ready and prepared. You want us to do anything and everything. You expect the most out of us, right? It's the worst day of your life, but you want to expect the best performance out of us. You might be having the worst time of your life And you're expecting the best thing out of this church, the best thing from God, and you want it right now. You do. You do. Man, we come back from a fire sometimes at 3 o'clock in the morning, and all the tools need cleaned. We're soaking wet. It's cold. The fan needs fuel. The saw needs fuel. All these things. It's like, you know what? We'll just take care of it in the morning. Is that how you want us to act? No, instead of, instead of taking a shower and going to bed, you want us to stay up for another hour and clean things and get things ready because you don't know what's going to happen next, do you? And that's what we do. We get ready. We get prepared because we never know what's going to take place. 
You never know if it's going to be the most interesting run of your life or the most stupid run of your life. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I mean, I love, I love brutal honesty. Don't ever call us at 3 o'clock in the morning because you have been having stomach pain for the past four days. <laughs> and I see three cars out in front of your house. You better drive yourself to the hospital. That's all I got to say for you. I'm going to give you some real love. <laughs> you see, in, in this line of work, not just that, but in your line of work of being a believer, if you have any hope or faith in the Lord, we can't afford to procrastinate, can we? Why? Because you have, I mean, you guys have all said, yeah, I want to give. I want to be a giver. You can't afford to procrastinate. You can't wait till tomorrow to get your life in order. You need to be getting your life in order right now. You need to get ready right now. You need to get prepared right now because you don't know when the master is going to send somebody to you with a situation that can hinge and affect eternity. That owner had no idea that eternity was going to hinge on him being a part and being willing to use his house. And I want to meet that guy. He's got to be a cool guy. I bet he's the kind of guy that when they, they had a special offering at church, he didn't even wait to hear what, what the pastor had to say. He whipped a checkbook out and started writing. I don't know about you, but I want to be there. I want to be there. Are you ready and you prepared? Are you ready to witness? Are you ready to entertain? Are you ready to go and minister? Are you ready to give? Let me, let me get real here. Are you ready to meet God? Do you really know Him as your Lord and Savior? Have you given Him first place in your heart? You see, there's this thing called free will that God is giving us and has given us. We have the ability to choose and do what we want to with our life. You can choose what job you want. You can choose what house you want to buy. You can choose what kind of car you want to buy. I hope it's American. And all the people driving Toyota started laughing here. That's all right. <laughs> you can do all those things. You can choose how to use your time. But you've got to remember something. You are still a steward. Remember what a steward was? Somebody that somebody's entrusted something valuable to you. Give my keys back, Joe. <laughs> Y'all didn't know that Joe's my twin brother from a different mother, right? <laughs> We're still stewards. And 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, says this. Moreover, it's required of stewards that a man be found faithful. You know what, church? It all comes down to this. And I'm going to ask the worship team if they'll come back. Man, I love that song. It is well. You know, are you ready to meet God? Are you prepared to meet your maker? You know, the Bible teaches us and tells us that, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that sin is separation from God. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. And the only way to escape death, which we know as hell, and we believe that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, 
The only way to, to prevent that is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that all you've got to do is have faith and believe and, and ask Him into your heart. And it's that simple. By faith. Now, if you're here today and you haven't done that, you know what? I, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Because you need to be ready to meet God. You need to be ready for eternity. Somebody in my class this morning was talking about the rapture. I forget what they said, but they were saying, they were saying something about one of the famous preachers and, and author. Um, oh, what was his name? Anyway, um, my mind went blank. Anyways, you know what? One of these days, it's going to take place. The Bible says that he's going to split the eastern sky, and he's going to come back for his, his church, the bride. That's what it says. Not what Hank says. It's what the Bible says. Don't believe me. Believe the Bible. Are you ready to meet God? Amen. I was reading in the, as I was studying about being ready as it relates to my relationship with God and, and eternity. And I was reading Matthew 25, the illustration about the, the, the ten virgins, the, the ones that were going to the wedding feast and were going to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were what? Five of them were prepared, weren't they? There's five of them that weren't. Five of them that didn't get to go in because they procrastinated. The Bible calls them foolish, as Pastor said. They were foolish. And in the middle of the night when, when the bride, bridegroom came, they, you know, like, hey, give us some of your, give us some of your oil so that, that our lamps won't go out. And they're like, sorry about your luck. I got enough for mine. I came ready and prepared. I want to be ready and prepared when he splits the eastern sky. I want to be ready and prepared when I have an opportunity to minister to someone a message of hope and salvation. I want to be ready to meet my heavenly father. 